Good morning. This is your girl, Rev K, and we are on the Anointed Radio Network for our show, and she shall be called Woman. I am so excited to be here with you all today. We do apologize for the delay. We had some technical difficulties in the studio, but God is a great God. And so we just stood fast and firm on the faith that we have, and he did it for us. So we thank God for that wonderful, wonderful miracle on today. (laughs) I do have in the studio a couple of uh, guests with me. I have two of my grandchildren that I brought with me this morning. And my grandson, Dakota, he's going to do our announcements for this morning. And then my granddaughter, Karma, she's going to do our opening prayer. Amen. And then we're going to go right into our lesson. So, Dakota, you ready for the announcements? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, go ahead and give us our announcements for today. Okay. So, Holy Cross Solid Rock is having a women's conference on July 27th and the 28th at 10 a.m. The theme is Bold and the Beautiful. If you're in the Vegas area, please join Holy Cross on those dates. And She Shall Be Called Woman is having the Chrysalis Award. Every month, you can nominate a woman of God for this award by emailing officialrevk at gmail.com. And New Corinth is having a, an annual women's conference theme, Don't Count Me Out. It will be held Friday, September 13th and Saturday, September 14th. Amen. Thank you, Dakota, for those announcements. Karma, are you ready to do the morning prayer for us? Yes. Okay. Let's go ahead and go into our prayer and then we're going to go right into our lesson. Go ahead, Carmen, pray for the women. Bye, Heather, close your eyes, everybody. Dear God, we bless all the people that are not healed and in the, and like homeless and every and everywhere. Make sure they get everywhere safely and you take them everywhere they want to go and get to their destination safely, Lord. And I hope that they heal and and hope for the little girls to heal when they're hurt or when yes. they got when they get in a car crash. Make sure that they heal and go to the hospital, Lord. Yes. Bless the, bless those people. Oh, bless those people that are in the hospital. Yes. And make sure make make sure the homeless people be be blessed too, Lord, because yes. they're not they're not our family, Lord. But you still want to bless them, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal them, Lord. And and every time when they get when they get hurt, please bless them and cover them over yes, Lord. everything, Lord God. And as Jesus in my prayer, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Karma. Beautiful prayer. So we're gonna go right into our lesson this morning. We're gonna be reading out of the book of Luke. The book of Luke is in the New Testament. Amen. We're going to be reading out of the book of Luke, and we are going to begin at chapter 13. We're going to read down from verse number 10 down through verse number 17. And I'm going to read it in the King James Version. Um, So it's going to be Luke chapter 13, starting at verse number 10, going down to verse number 17. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called 
her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering and Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And for today's topic, we are going to be teaching Stand Up. The title of our lesson today is Stand Up. Stand Up. So when you hear the word stand up, we immediately picture ourselves in an upright position physically. When we hear these words, we position, we think of ourselves in an upright position physically. When we hear these words, stand up, we think of ourselves in an upright position. Amen. So looking at this lesson today, we're looking at this woman who is not in an upright position. We're looking at this lesson today and we see this woman who goes into the synagogue and Jesus is standing up teaching and he notices her and immediately he addresses her. He says to her, woman. And so we look at this situation and we see that this woman needed something from Christ. We look at this situation and we see that this woman is in the house of worship, but she needed something from the Lord. Look at the scriptures. Hallelujah. Let's go back to what the word of God said. Amen. Jesus is in the synagogue. And when he saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, Thou art loose from thine infirmities. Now, can you imagine yourself being in the house of worship and you are bound and you are dealing with some things, but you are among a crowd? Because when you think of the word synagogue, this is a place where people where the Jews gathered and those believing Gentiles gathered to hear the scriptures read and explained. In our day and time, it's considered preaching or teaching the word of God. And so this is where they gathered. This is a place of 
of the assembling of the saints and the believers of God. And so she walks into this place, no doubt in my mind, because if you look at the scriptures leading up to this particular one, we have seen Jesus being followed by multitudes, great crowds, thousands, and, and, and then some. And so there's no doubt in my mind that when he stepped into the synagogue in order to read and to explain the scriptures that he was followed by a great multitude or a great crowd or thousands of people. It's not just one of your small synagogues. Hallelujah. It's one of those places because there were several people following Christ. And how do I know that there were several people following Christ? Well, before this healing took place, there were several healings that have taken place. And if you read your Bible in the chronological order, you will find out that this is healing number 31 of Jesus's because he continue to heal on his jersey on his journey but this is the healing number 31 so you think about it what was the some of the things that Jesus did before this healing even took place he did the changing the water into wine he healed the royal official son he healed the boy that was possessed uh, in Capernaum by a demon he healed Peter's mother-in-law he healed the leopard he healed the woman with the issue of blood the man with the withered hand the healing of the two blind men he healed the mute uh, demon he healed and then he walked on water so there were several more because this is the miracle number 31 so imagine all the people that have heard about the previous things that Jesus has done all he's doing is gathering a crowd he's even though he's traveling in different locations hallelujah the word and what he has done is traveling with him even if the people can't go the word is going there is a uproar in the in the places that that's saying that Jesus is here and he's healing people different infirmities, different situations, different circumstances, different diseases, different sicknesses, different illnesses, and that the word is going forth that Jesus is the one that's healing. So there's no doubt in my mind that while he's in the synagogue, that there was several people, there was hundreds of people and maybe even thousands of people gathered for the reading and the understanding of the scriptures. But hallelujah. But the scripture says, that when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Now, what was it about this woman that Jesus recognized immediately? Hallelujah. We can immediately say that the, it was the physical position of this woman because she was a woman that was bent down, that she was a woman that was, some of the scripture says she was double bent. She was a woman that looked different. She was a woman with a disability. She was a woman with the infirmity. Why did Jesus notice her among all the people? Why did Jesus call her out and not anyone else in this particular scenario? So so there's a woman that she's bent down and she's coming in, but think about it. Hallelujah. If we're saying that Jesus is standing teaching and we say that this woman was bent over were they standing in the synagogue during the time of the teaching because in our today's church we have people that walk in and when we walk into church of God we we sit down we sit so if this woman was sitting down how would he even notice that she was bent over so was she sitting or was she standing now there's a scenario in this that I have to address because if she's sitting how would you notice her bent and even if she's standing how would you notice she's bent because there's several people around her what was 
it about her that stood out in a crowd to Christ? What was it about this woman that stood out to him that he was able to recognize her among the many, among the thousands, among the hundreds, and among even if it was just 50 people? What was it about this woman that he called her out? No doubt in my mind that she was not the only woman in the situation. She was not the only woman in the assembly. She was not the only woman in the synagogue, but there was something about this woman that was different than any other woman. There was something about this woman that Jesus recognized. Hallelujah. There was something about this woman in the name of Jesus that he called him, her to him. Amen. He called her to him and he says unto her, he says, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmities. He immediately speaks against whatever it is that has her bent. He speaks against whatever it is that has her bound. He speaks against whatever it is that has her doubled over. Hallelujah. He speaks against it before he even lays a hand on her. He begins to deal with her circumstances. Hallelujah. He begins to deal with her situation. He begins to deal with her bent overness. Hallelujah. How many things have had us bent over in the name of Jesus? And I understand that you think that this scenario only happened back then, but this was a scenario that we have to look at even today. Glory to God. We have to look at even today because we don't really know what the infirmity was. It doesn't say what it is. And people have speculated even in the reading of the scriptures and the teaching of the scriptures, what this could have been. It could have been a, a number of different things. Back then, there were several different types of illnesses that it could have been. It could have been a uh, 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 osteotype of illness. Hallelujah. It could have been uh, the tuberculosis of the spine. It could have been um, osteoporosis. It could have been arthritis. It could have been anything. And we're just left to speculate what type of illness it was. What we do understand, according to the scriptures, is that she was she was bound and that it was an infirmity because he said thou art loose from thy infirmity. So she was bound. Whatever this was had her bent. Whatever this was had her tied up. Whatever this was had her bound. And 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 when you begin to study some of the things it says about this woman that was bent over, it said that she was so bent that she couldn't even look up. Have you ever been in a situation where things had you so bent out of place, so bent over that you couldn't even look up, that you didn't even want to lift your head, that you couldn't lift your head because because your circumstances was so heavy, your circumstances was so messed up that you couldn't even stand upright, that you couldn't even stand up in the name of Jesus. Have you ever been in a situation where you was bent out of place? Was it your finances? Was it your relationship? Was it your friendship? Was it your work? Was it your enemies that had you bent, that had you messed up, that, that you couldn't even look up? This woman was in a situation. She was in a situation where she needed God and only God can do it in this situation. She needed Christ to notice her. Amen. You think about the people and how how we react to people with disabilities nowadays. Nowadays, what we do is if we see someone with an infirmity, if we see someone that is disabled, we tend to look away because we don't want them to feel ashamed about what they have. But Jesus didn't look away. He looked at her and he not only looked at her, he noticed her. And not only did he notice her, but he called her to him. Hallelujah. And he said to her, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmities before he even laid a hand on her. But then glory to God, he laid his hands on her and immediately the scripture says she was made straight immediately. So it didn't take a week. It didn't take a day. It didn't take that afternoon. Hallelujah. When Jesus spoke and then laid hands on her immediately, she was made straight. Immediately. She was able to stand immediately. She was able to look up immediately. She was able to see the things that she had never seen before. Can you 
imagine the situations that had you so bent that you only have one view, one portrait view, one panoramic view of the same situation week after week, month after month, and 18 years later, this is all you see. But thank God that she continued to go into the house of worship. Women, I encourage you, no matter what your situation is and no matter what your circumstances is, no matter what has you bent, that you will continue to go into the house of worship. Hallelujah. So that God can see you and that God can call you out and God can heal you in the name of Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. You have to think about this woman and what she may have been feeling and what she may have been dealing with and what she may have been 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 uh, looking at for 18 years. 18 years of looking down. Ah, glory to your name, God. 18 years of looking down. Hallelujah. 18 years of being down. Glory to your name. 18 years of feeling down. Hallelujah. There's no doubt in my mind that her physical situation affected her emotional situation, that her physical situation affected her mental situation, her physical situation affected her spiritual situation. 31 miracle. Hallelujah. 31 miracle in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine how this woman felt hearing about the, the second and the third miracle and the, and the fifth and the ninth miracle and the 10th and the 12th miracle and the 11th and the 14th miracle and the 16th and the 17th miracle after miracle. And then you stand in the midst of all of this and you say, but Lord, what about me? What about me, God? What, what about me? I know that you healed the man with the withered hand. I know that you walked on water. I've heard and I've seen miracle after miracle. I know that you raised Jairus's daughter from the, from the dead. I know that you healed the woman with the issue of blood. I know God, I, I know I hear all the things that you've done for others, Lord, but what about me? Have you ever been in the situation where you felt just what about me, Lord? What about me? Hallelujah. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were the only one still dealing and still battling and still just subjected to some of the things that you've been through? Have you ever been in the situation where you cried out to God and say, what about me, God? Do not pass me by, Lord. Help me, oh God. Heal me, oh God. Fix me, oh God. Have you ever been in the situation where you need the Lord because you're not only bent down, but but you're looking down and you're not only looking down, but you're feeling down. And not only are you feeling down, you just can't look up. Hallelujah. Have you ever, women of God, have you ever, women of God, have you ever, been in a situation where you could not lift yourself up. The scripture says that this situation added to where she couldn't lift even herself up. She couldn't do it. And some of you women out there right now are trying to fix yourselves. You're trying to lift yourself up. You're trying to get yourself up. You're trying to get out of that situation. You're trying to do better. You're trying to have better. You're trying to think better. You're trying to feel better. And, and I just came to tell you that you can't do it by yourself. Hallelujah. If you would just be in the right place, in the position where you know that God is in the assembly, the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of believers. Hallelujah. Forsake not the assembling of God. Hallelujah. We are supposed to go into the house. We are supposed to go into the sanctuary. We are supposed to go into the place where we hear the word taught and explained. Jesus, this is his last time, I believe, in the scriptures that it talks about him being in these synagogues teaching. He had been in different ones. It doesn't even list which one this was 
was, but we know that he was there. Hallelujah. And we know that he was standing teaching because the scripture teaches us that he was up. Hallelujah. He was the speaker of the hour. Thank you, God, for hallelujah, letting your son be the evangelist of the day, letting your son be the prophet of the day, letting your son be the pastor of the day, the one that can look out into the congregation, the one that can look out into the crowd and to see the people that are in need of something more than what they had, to see the people that are standing in need of prayer, to see the people that are need a healing, need deliverance, need to be set free. Thank you, Lord, for allowing your son, Jesus, to be standing in the synagogue when this woman walked in. Thank you, Lord, for allowing your son, Jesus, to still stand in the men and the women of God that still teach in your house when women and men of God walk in and they need you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are standing in the assembly of your house because you said, hallelujah, that you would build the house. Hallelujah, that you said the gates of hell will not prevail. And we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to still stand in the place of the assembling of the believers. Hallelujah, and that you continue to show up and teach us and you continue to see us and, and you continue to call us out and you continue to lay your hands on us and heal us and to straighten us up, oh God, from our bent situations. Thank you, God, for this story in this chapter of Luke, oh God, that you have given us today. Glory to your name. Because without Jesus standing high, and God was showing me the different ways that he stood. See, saints of God, there are different ways that you have to stand. Huh? You have to stand on his word. You have to stand in the, in the midst, hallelujah, of adversities. You have to stand in the name of Jesus on what you know and what you believe. You have to stand even when you don't feel like standing. You have to stand. And Jesus stood in three types of position on this day. How do you know that Jesus? stood in three different positions on this day. Well, the first thing that the scripture teaches us that he was standing up teaching. Hallelujah. So this is a physical stand. He's standing in the position where he can teach. He's standing in front of the crowd where he's teaching. He's standing, hallelujah, where he can look out and see who's coming in. He's standing looking where he can see who's already there. He's standing where he can notice everyone in the crowd, everyone in the synagogue, everyone in the place. Hallelujah. He's standing and he's being given a word. He's teaching the scriptures and he's explaining what exactly the, it means. But then here comes this woman, glory to your name. Here comes this woman and, and she has this infirmity and she's been like this for 18 years and, and she's coming into worship and, and she's needing God. She doesn't need anything else but God. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that she continued to come even over the years of her life that she was bent. And maybe it didn't happen all at once. Maybe the bending didn't happen in one situation. Maybe she wasn't born bent because the scripture doesn't and tell her, but maybe the weight of the world, maybe the weight of the pain, maybe the weight of disappointment has bent her over one year after the next. And slowly she just begins to rock over. Hallelujah. Slowly she begins to go through different disappointing circumstances. And, and by the time 18 years has passed, she can't even be in a position where she can look up. She's been through so much. Have you been there women? Have you been through something over the last few years that it just has you bent down? It has you feeling down. It has you looking down. Have you been through some things over the 
the last year that you can testify to that you're just bending over and over and pretty soon within the next 18 years you're going to be bent like this woman well I came to tell you that it's time to stand up glory to your name God says stand up he said look at how my son stood he said Jesus is standing teaching he's giving the word he's giving the scriptures and he's teaching us all about hallelujah the things that God wanted him to teach in the synagogues but one thing that I can say for sure that we learn from Christ in this scripture in this text is that he's a man that stands on the word of God he's a man that stands up for the word of God he's a man that stands no matter what hallelujah comes up against him he's standing and he's standing there teaching glory to your name so the first time we see him standing the first position we see him standing in is the upright position there's no doubt in my mind that the woman of God could take heed to this the woman that was bent could take heed to the situation there's no doubt in my mind that she wanted to stand like Jesus was standing I want to be upright I want to stand straight up I want to be able to look up I want to be able to look out I want to be able to look over hallelujah I want to stand like he's standing don't you feel it ladies don't you want to stand like Christ don't you want to be in an upright position don't you want to get your life straight don't you want to get your bent up life your crippled life your crooked life straightened up with God don't you want to stand hallelujah for Jesus hallelujah stand up God said today stand up he said there's three ways that I see Christ standing and 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 you women and men of God you can stand up too you you can stand up in the sanctuary and and be used by God you can stand up and teach you can stand up and preach you can stand up and pray you can stand up and praise you can stand up and listen you can stand up and be a support you can stand up and intercede on the word of God amen stand he's standing up he's standing up to speak we see him standing up to speak well what's the second way that we see him stand hallelujah he's standing up for her hallelujah He's standing up for her. Now, this is not in the order that it happened. Ah, glory to your name. Because remember, he stands up and speaks. The second thing he does is he stands her up. Let's go there. <laughs> glory to your name, God. So the first thing he does is he stands up to speak. Ah, glory to your name. The second things that he does, how we see him stands, is that he stands her up. He stands her up by giving her a word of affirmation. He stands her up by giving her words of encouragement. He stands her up by speaking to her situation he stands her up by speaking to her infirmity he stands her up by laying his hands on her he stands her up by speaking against her illness he stands her up by speaking against whatever it is that has her bent he stands her up in her spirit there's no doubt in my mind that he's standing her up in her mind he's standing her up in her heart he's standing her up in her in her emotions he's standing her up because he's encouraging her he's he's speaking against those things that are there he said, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. He's speaking to her, letting her know that you are free, daughter, that you can stand up. You can, you can get up if you want to. Hallelujah. He's letting her know, I see you and I'm standing for you and I'm standing you up with this word. He, and then he lays hands on her and it says immediately she stood upright. Huh? Glory to your name. We come in at a time right now where people need the touch. Huh? They need one touch from Jesus and, and we have to know that it's not by our power and it's not by our might but it's by his spirit and and if we would just be so mindful to who God tells us to see and then to mindful about who we lay our hands upon 
I know the Bible says don't lay your hands on man suddenly, but would you walk past this person that has been over in their situation? Would you walk past this woman that needed help for 18 years? Would you really walk past this person and say, I don't want to lay my hands on that person because I don't know what they have or I don't know what they have got that may come on me. But if you have the Holy Ghost and if you have the power of God and if God says I see his daughter and she needs help and she's in need and she needs straightening up, then I dare you to follow the spirit of God and, and not the flesh of your mind that keeps you from laying hands on people, that keeps you from helping someone else out other than yourselves. I, I dare you, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, that you will walk in the spirit of excellence, that you would know that his power is a power of resurrection. And he said that greater works that we will do than these that Jesus has done. So what is going on with the greater works nowadays? We don't want to lay hands. We don't want to speak a word of affirmation. We don't want to help no one get healed. We don't want to see a miracle. We don't want deliverance. How, how come that we are so stubborn with our gifts? Why don't we go into the assembly of God and let God use us so that people can be healed and people can be set free? Don't you feel the compassion that Jesus felt when he saw this woman walking through? Aren't you troubled by your situation Sunday after Sunday where you see your sister or your brother in Christ hurting week after week, hurting Sunday after Sunday, hurting Wednesday after Wednesday? It's not touching you. <laughs> Glory to your name. It's not moving in your heart to say, come here, come to me, knowing that it's not you, glory to your name, God, knowing that it's not you, but it is Jesus, knowing that it's not your power, but it is Christ, knowing that it's not you that can do anything, but you feel what Christ felt when he saw her, you feel what Christ felt when he saw her, you feel what Christ felt when he looked out and saw this woman all bent over, crooked and disabled, you begin to feel, you begin to see what Jesus saw when he looked out into the sanctuary. Yes, there is no doubt in my mind that he saw this religious ruler that assembled in the synagogue. There's no doubt in my mind that he saw the ruler of the synagogue with his indignant self looking at him because there are rules. There are rules to some churches that ain't even in the Bible. My pastor preached about it last week. He said some of the stuff that you guys are doing in the church ain't even in the Bible. Some of the stuff that you guys have implemented into the house of God ain't even in the word of God. These are your own set of commandments. These are your own set of rules. These are your own set of ideas. My pastor just preached this last week and I'm seeing it in the scripture. This man is trying to say on the Sabbath day, you're not even supposed to heal her. Let her come on a different day. Let her come six days out of the week, but not on this day to be healed. And he said, don't you even untie your oxes to go give them water, but you don't want me to untie this woman shout out to the eye. you don't even want me to untie this woman because of what day of the week it is I, it should I think about it think about it saints of God they didn't want her to be free he didn't want her to be free he probably saw that woman coming in there for 18 years. But do you understand that there are some people in the house of God that don't want to see you set free? My God, don't you understand that in the house of God, that there are some people that are indignant about you getting set free and indignant about you getting healed when you come into the house of God. They're, they're mad when you go before the Lord. They're mad when God calls you forward for, for prayer. They're mad. There are some indignant people in the house of God. Hallelujah. Think about it. How selfish are we? What are 
double-minded selves, with our healed and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost self, with our unrighteous, hypocritical self. Who are we to tell people uh, not to want people to be healed? My God. And I'm not saying that it's everywhere, <laughs> but I am saying that there were seven letters written to seven churches in Revelation. So I know we got more than seven churches out here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and somebody in one of these churches and some of these churches and most of these churches don't want to see some of us healed. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil because that's all it is. There are some people that are threatened by your healing. There are some people that are threatened by you getting set free. There are some people that are intimidated by you being loose. There are some people, how come there are some people that are intimidated by you getting loose? Because they can see, they can see the potential. They can see the God in you. They can see some things that you probably don't even see about yourself. Self, hallelujah because if you get free ah, and the way I think if I get free I can help somebody else get free but the way these hypocrites think if you get free it may cost them something glory to God <clears throat> it may cost them something so you have to look at this situation they didn't really want her to be free they didn't really want her to be free this man was being indignant so first God stands up and teach and, and Jesus stands up and teach and then Jesus stands her up by speaking into her life and by speaking against the infirmity and by speaking it out and then laying hands on her and she stood up straight huh glory to your name God have you ever been in the situation where things was crooked in your life you was all off course and and out of order with God but then God comes in and and straighten you out then we have Jesus that comes in and just straightens us out hallelujah now I'm walking on this straight and narrow now I'm not leaning to the left or the right now I'm walking on this road toward Christ now I'm carrying my own cross now I'm walking towards glory now I'm walking with Christ now I'm walking to Christ now I'm walking towards heaven now I'm trying to get back home now I've been straightened up God has straightened me up out of my situation God has straightened my mind God has straightened my heart. God has straightened my spirit. God has straightened me physically. God has straightened me emotionally. He straightened me spiritually. God has straightened me up so that I can walk straight in this walk. So I can talk straight in this talk. Hallelujah. So I can be straight. God has straightened out my situations. Now I'm straight. I shut it out. Now I'm straight. And, and some of the religious rulers are mad because now you straight. Oh, yeah, it's a slang term. Yeah, how you feeling, Rev K? Oh, I'm straight. <laughs> Glory to your name. Hi, how you doing today, Rev K? Oh, I'm straight. Trust, uh, I'm real good. I'm straight because God had to straighten me up out of my situation. There were some things that had me bent. There were some things that had me bound. There were some things that had me jacked up. <laughs> Glory to God. There were some things that had me bent over. Hallelujah, out of shape. There were some things that I did that was crooked. There were some things that I did that wasn't 
wasn't cool by God. But you, if you ask me today, how you feeling, Rev K? I'ma let you know I'm straight. I'm straight because he saw me. I'm straight because he called me. And I'm straight because he touched me. I'm straight because he freed me. I'm straight because he healed me. I'm straight because he delivered me. I'm straight, y'all. I'm straight. If you want to know how I'm doing, if you ain't heard from me in a while, if I don't respond to your inbox, <clears throat> if I don't respond to your text, if I don't respond to your message, just know one thing about me. I'm straight. How many straight women do I have right now that are tuning into this episode? I don't care if you catch it live or if you catch it on a playback when you can be able to tell people, oh, I'm straight. I know how you did me in the past, but don't worry about me now. Jesus saw me and he called me out and now I'm straight. I'm walking straight. I feel straight. I can look up now to the hills from which comes my help because all my help comes from the Lord. Tell them, tell them today that you're straight. Stand up and tell them that you're straight. Hallelujah. Stand up. Stand up. Hallelujah. Stand up. Y'all have to forgive me because when God begins to deal with, with these words and with this message, I just get so overwhelmed with joy that our Lord and Savior's word is very much alive. And, and what Jesus did in this century, in these times way back when, that we can go back to the scripture and still get excited about this woman, to still get excited about what takes place, the miracles in the house of God. I'm still excited because I know that tomorrow is the day that we go into worship and there's no telling who may walk in that door but if I tell you that you should look out into the congregation pastors and preachers you should look out in the congregation if you have a chair up on the pulpit you should look out in a congregation and see who's walking into the house into the assembly of God and you should recognize the situation God is showing us that you can recognize the situation when there's one person among the assembly of God, that there is one person among the hundreds, among the thousands, there's one person that needs God, hallelujah, in that moment, and maybe it's out of order to some people, but we work off of the direction of the Holy Spirit, maybe it's time for the bulletin to be read, maybe it's time for the choir to sing, but I dare you to move in the spirit and begin to look out and to see things, and maybe that person can't wait to the benediction, maybe they've been waiting 18 years, maybe they've been waiting 18 years, and baby, I can't wait until the benediction come. I can't wait until you bring the chairs out front. I can't wait until the choir finish singing. I can't wait until the preacher finish preaching. I can't wait no longer. I've waited 18 years and I, I came into the house and, and it's time, hallelujah, it's time for me to be set free. It's time for me to get these things off of me. It's time for me to get this thing out of me, hallelujah. Maybe they can't wait. Ah, yes, Maybe if you move in the spirit, if we move in the spirit, people People don't have to wait till the end of the service. They don't have to wait until the one o'clock hour, the two o'clock hour, the three o'clock hour to get their healing. They don't have to wait to hear from you. They don't have to wait. Jesus, it says that he cut off. He stopped teaching and start healing. That's the problem. We don't want to stop preaching because we there to hear, be heard by people. But I dare you to start moving in the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes God ain't gave you a sermon. Sometimes that sermon was 
for you. Sometimes that word was for you to get into your spirit for the week, but God wants to move in the churches. What good is a church that Jesus can't come to? What good is a church that Jesus can't come in? What good is a church that Jesus can't work through? What good is a church if the power of Christ don't come and heal? What good is a church that got sick people for 18 years and ain't well yet? What good is a church? I don't care how many programs you have. I don't care how many programs you have. I don't care how many conferences you put on. I don't care. I don't care how many services you have. I don't care if you're at an early bird service, the midday service, the late night service, the afternoon service. I don't care if people are still in their infirmities over the years after years after years. Something ain't moving. Hallelujah. Yeah, I understand that there are things that take time. I understand that she waited till the 31st miracle to be called forward. I understand that in the spirit. I understand that in the text, but I dare you to move in the spirit because you don't know. Hallelujah. You don't know if God wants to move or not. And, and, and for those that, like my pastor said, scheduling deliverance service, you can't schedule a deliverance service. You can't tell God when he gonna deliver you can't tell God you gonna do it today Lord we can believe God for it hallelujah we can believe God for it but we can't tell him when to do it but if we leave room for the spirit to speak to us if we leave room for the spirit to guide us if we leave room for the spirit to tell us and to conduct the services see this is the problem too some of us are conducting the services in our way because that's what it says to do in the bulletin but if you let God coordinate the service if you let God conduct the service if you let God have his way in the service then you would see how God wants to have the service for today you can't say Lord have your way and then turn around and say but have it at this time and and have it over here Lord but wait don't heal until after after we hear the word of God don't heal until after the choir saying three songs don't heal until after this person stands up and gives a prayer don't heal yet Lord God you have to allow God to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it Jesus stood and he interrupted his regularly scheduled program hallelujah teaching the word of God to stop long enough to see someone in the crowd that someone could be you hallelujah that someone could be you can you imagine you've been dealing with your situation over and over and you don't have to wait no longer but as soon as you step into the house of God and he begins to see you and he calls you forward and say come women I dare you to go forth if you're called forward I dare you to go and get your healing I dare you to go and get your deliverance I dare you to go and get set free I dare you to go and be loosed in the name of Jesus hallelujah I dare you to go forth. Thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we see first that Jesus stands up to speak. And then we see that Jesus stands her up. The third thing we see is that Jesus stands up for her my God in verse 15 let's go back to verse 14 it says and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people see he wasn't even addressing Jesus but he's addressed it's like the subliminal you ever see no subliminal posts they ain't talking to you but they talking to you but they really ain't talking to you personally talking to you but you know they talking to you but they they ain't gonna talk to you because they know they, can, they ain't finna talk to you you know you know the subliminal so it says that the synagogue 
answered. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and he and said unto the people, ah, glory God. He said, there are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore come and be healed. Not on the Sabbath day, your own set of rules. Hallelujah. Implementing your own way of doing things. But the Lord then said, thou hypocrite, <laughs> does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? It's rhetorical. <laughs> see, Jesus is not looking for him to answer. It's a rhetorical question. He's letting him see himself. This is why he calls him out and calls him a hypocrite. See, a hypocrite is somebody that tells you what you shouldn't be doing, but they've been doing it all along. A hypocrite is somebody that, that talks about what you're doing and, and how you messed up this and how you ain't real saved and how you a hypocrite and they, and they the ones ain't really that saved. The, the hypocrite is the one that, that puts things out there and, 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 and they're against this and against that but in the secret place they really doing this and doing that that's the hypocrite the one that's doing the very thing that they're trying to tell you that you can't do that's why Jesus calls them out hallelujah sometimes you gotta call these hypocrites out he says don't each one of you go and loose your ox from the stall and lead them away to watering and I'm not this woman he's comparing her I'm not this woman being a daughter of Abraham do you know who this woman is she comes from the Abraham uh, lineage don't you understand who she is it says whom Satan whom Satan hath bound he, so this ain't even a situation that she put herself in this is an attack of the enemy some people are going through things not because they sinning not because they messed up not because they this and that but because Satan has attacked them he said that Satan hath bound low this 18 years he said Satan done had her tripped up bent up and turned over and crippled and crooked for 18 years and you going to and I'm just paraphrasing y'all I'm just giving it to you on the, on the message Bible type way. Hallelujah. He said, don't you understand that this lady been messed up like this? She, she's Abraham's daughter. She's one of the daughters of, of that household. And, and she come in here to worship and, and she been like this for 18 years. And you mean to tell me I can't heal her, but you done took your ox out to water it this morning. You don't, you don't work on this day, but you don't want me to work. See, and that's the difference. You, the work that you do is for you, but the work that I do is for others. Hallelujah. That's what you got to catch in the spirit. See, the man didn't, he says that you're not supposed to work, but yet he unties his oxes and goes and waters them. Well, ain't that work? Well, that's the work you want to do. Well, guess what? This is the work that I want to do. Hallelujah. It's spiritual work. And Jesus is showing us in this, the spiritual work that we ought to be doing. See, some of you are so dedicated to your natural job that you don't want to step in the house of God to do the spiritual work. You okay with going clocking in nine to five, five days a week and, and, and having your weekends off or, or having your weekdays on and, 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 uh, 10 8 or whatever the shift you were you okay with clocking in for man but you don't want to go clock in for christ see it's okay that you go and work on sunday if your job called you in it's okay if you go to work on a sunday if your boss tell you you got to be there if they scheduled you to work on sunday you'll be up and ready and on time to your regular job your natural job to untie some things to undo some things to water some things but when god is trying to get us to work in the house of god do a spiritual work we sitting at home because we worked all week and that's what he's saying he said look we work all week and 
the, this ain't the day to have the healing. See, she should have came on Monday when, when the doors was open. She should have came on Tuesday when the doors is open. And I'm not talking about the Sabbath, how they understood the Sabbath with the time. I'm talking about the church we have right now. Okay. I'm talking about the Sunday morning worship. That's what I'm talking about. I understand the times and the difference between the Sabbath, but he's the Lord of the Sabbath. So if your Sabbath is on a Sunday or a Saturday, he's still the Lord of the Sabbath. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Glory to your name. And so he's saying it, she should come when we working. She, this this should be done when, when it's convenient. Hallelujah. This is the thing. We want to help people when it's convenient for us. But this is an inconvenience to the people because they're so used to working six days. Well, Jesus said, look, I work six days. If you check my record and check the other 30 miracles that I did, I work. Hallelujah. I work all the time. I don't stop working because my people don't stop needing me. So I know that I am the God that doesn't sleep nor slumber. I know. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, that when she needed me, that I could show up in a Sunday morning service or a Saturday morning service for some of y'all who is real testy about getting the Sabbath right. He said, I know I can show up on a Sunday morning service and begin to heal my daughter. And yeah, I understand that you don't want to work today because you already worked. You worked at your own house, but now you don't want to work in my house. That's what God is saying today. So you already worked at home. You good to stay home and do this and fix this up. And you good to stay home and watch your football game and your basketball game. You good to stay home and do all these things to cook your Sunday dinner at home, but you're not good to go and work in the house of God. You're not good to go and work and help somebody other than yourself on the Sabbath, but you made sure that your house was in order, but you won't make sure that my house is in order. Glory to your name, God. I don't know where this came from because I don't have notes. I don't teach with notes and I don't need notes. I teach under the spirit and the anointing of God. And this is what the Lord is saying. He said, and lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. So you don't want her healed on this on this Sabbath day after being sick for 18 years, you tripping off of this one day of the week because, and she been infirm with this illness for 18 years. And this is the day that you want to stand up and try to come against. He said, I got to stand up for her. I got to let you know that you can't tell me not to do this on today because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, and when he has said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. Yeah. See, sometimes you got to put it out there so that everybody that's listening could feel shame about they, they, they hypocritical way. Sometimes you got to put it out there. So the people that's thinking they doing so much righteousness, hallelujah, in their own ways, that wisdom that's of man, that's foolishness that they can be shown that you're not doing nothing for me. You doing all this stuff and you mad because this woman to come in and she's getting healed and you upset because it's not on the day that it's convenient for you to show up and work in the house of God. Well, I'm going to heal her anyway. Cause I seen her suffering and that's the difference because God saw her for Jesus saw her for 18 years. God saw her for 18 years hallelujah God saw her for 18 years and sent her where she he knew his son was gonna be see some of these churches out here in Las Vegas Nevada I can't speak about where you listening at but I'm telling you some of these churches out here in Las Vegas Nevada you got some people that's still in your church that's been sick for 18 years and you leave them sick you see them sick and you leave them sick you see them sick and you leave them sick because you want to continue to conduct the service on your own you want to continue to conduct the service the way you want it to go and you won't let Jesus stand up in your church hallelujah you won't let Jesus stand up and, and and lay hands through you on her you don't want Jesus to stand up for her hallelujah it's called some of these hypocrites out I dare you in the name of Jesus and and they felt ashamed and though they should feel ashamed we should feel ashamed when we don't want to help the people of God you should be ashamed of yourself that you complaining about going and working on the 
seventh day on a Sabbath day. You should be ashamed of yourself that you don't want to help nobody but yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. And it says that all his adversaries, all those that were speaking against what he was doing, all those that was feeling against what he was doing were ashamed. But all the people rejoiced. <laughs> Glory to your name. See, you have two different types of crowd in your sanctuary. You have two different types of worshipers in your sanctuary. I know that we all assemble and gather together on, on our Sunday mornings or a Saturday morning and we go into worship at the same time, but everybody ain't there for the same thing. And that's one thing you have to understand. There were some people that were ashamed because they felt indignant and they felt justified by some of the things that the, the synagogue ruler was saying. But then you have the worshipers. Then you have those ones that said they rejoice for all the glorious things that was done by him. Huh? By who? Huh? By Jesus. So we have to understand that we know that it's not us. We understand that we know that the healing comes from Christ and not from us. We understand that we know that the power is in Jesus. It's in his name. Hallelujah. It's in the blood. Hallelujah. It's in Christ alone and that we are just vessels. We are just instruments. We are just being used by God in order to get God's will done, not just for you, but for others too. Hallelujah. Why are we so selfish with working for God? Why are we so selfish on the Sabbath? Hallelujah. Why are we so selfish with doing things that will help others other than ourselves? Glory to God. Why are we so selfish and so indignant about the things that are done? Why are you so afraid for that woman next to you to be healed? Do you think that she's going to come for your position? Well, I came to tell you that my lane is my lane and your lane is your lane and you do and be the best you that you were destined to be and I'm going to do and be the best me that God has purposed me to be and we can be all great together. This is kingdom building so it's not about me and it's definitely not about you. And we got to work the work that God has given us while it's daytime because night's going to come when no man can work. So I dare you to get into the house of God and get to work and not just for yourself, not to work for your name, not to make your name great, hallelujah, but to make his name known, to make his name great, to make someone else feel better that was bent up, that was twisted up, that was crippled up in their situation year after year. I dare you to begin to look with your spiritual eyes into the sanctuary and notice some of the people that have been hurting. Notice some of the people that have been out of order and out of place and 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 in their infirmities for so many years. I dare you to begin to look out and to notice the things in the sanctuary. Can you close your eyes and see the same people that's been sitting in the same position in the same place and and you notice something about their face that just doesn't look like they feel good. Doesn't look like they feel like moving on. Doesn't feel like they doesn't look like they feel like pressing their way. Can you notice some of the people's faces even right now in your sanctuary that has been hurting and hurting year after year? They keep coming to the altars for prayer. They keep coming in front of God for prayer. They keep coming to the church for help. They keep assembling in the house of God to let someone recognize them. Jesus stood and not only did he stand to teach, but then he stood and, and he stood up to her. Hallelujah. He stood up in front of her and then he stood her up with his words. Hallelujah. Not only did he stand her up, but he stood up for her. I dare you to begin to stand up for people. Hallelujah. You know how some of these messy churches are. They talk about people, lie on people, they keep people in a bound situation. They bring up their past. They bring up some of the things that they've been to. I dare you to start speaking up and standing up for others that can't stand up for themselves. The scripture says that she couldn't stand herself up. But sometimes you got to help somebody up. Sometimes you got to help someone other than yourself up. You got to help someone other than yourself to stand in the name of Jesus. The Bible says this lesson is teaching us to stand up, not just for yourself, but stand up for others. Stand someone up. Be encouraging. Be affirming. Speak life into someone other than yourself. Begin to lift them up with your words. Begin to tell them that you are fearfully and 
wonderfully made. Begin to tell him that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Begin to tell him that the Lord loves you, that he gave his only begotten son, hallelujah, for you, that he loved you that much to give his only begotten son. Begin to tell him that all things will work together for the good of those that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. Begin to lift them up. Lift them up with your words. Some of your words can lift people up, but those same words can lift people that can lift people up can also tear people down. So you have to be mindful of what you're speaking into someone when you're trying to build them up. Don't just build yourself up. Don't just build your, your own little kingdom up in, in the corner of a church. Build God's kingdom up by building his people up, by building his children up, by building his daughters up, by building his sons up. Build everyone up under the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That God is trying to build up through us. We should be just like Jesus was. We should be eager and anxious to heal someone. We should be eager and anxious to call someone that has been hurting for 18 years out and to tell them to be loose. Hallelujah. To lay hands on them with compassion, with love, and to let the power of God work through your hands. Hallelujah. And let them be healed from their infirmities that they've been suffering with. Can you notice someone in the sanctuary tomorrow? Can you close your eyes and see that person's face in your mind right now and to begin to pray on behalf of that mother, that that father, that daughter, that, that son, that sister, that, that brother? Can you get into a position where you're not thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about someone else and you begin to pray on their behalf that they will be set free, that they will be loose, that the, that the bonds will fall off in the name of Jesus when they come into the house of God tomorrow, when you see them at worship tomorrow, hallelujah, will you look out and look into their faces and look at their situation? Are you able to discern what they're going through in the spirit? Can you discern what they're feeling in their heart and in their mind? Can you discern what they've been through year after year, month after month, week after week, hour after hour, day after day after day after day, and they're tired of being in this bent up situation can you see that one woman that just needs you to encourage her that that just needs you to hug her to embrace her to lay hands on her to let her know that she is healed that she is free hallelujah can you look out and not be a part of the indignant crowd that's in the house of God in worship glory to your name and when you go back and read this scripture I want you to just meditate on the different crowds that are in the worship service on this day because you have the woman that had the situation and you have Jesus that had the word and you had the men that was the ruler that was indignant. But then you had the crowd that rejoices. Not everyone that comes to church on a Sunday morning is all coming for the same reasons. And that's what we have to understand. There's nothing new under the sun. So it's still like this in the house of God. And I don't care even on your best day. God said we are filthy rags before him. Hallelujah. And so we all make mistakes, but we don't have to stay in our mistakes. We don't have to stay messed up. And, and when we hear the word of God and we understand what the Lord is telling us and we should want to do better. Mama used to say, if you know better, you do better. So if you've heard the word of the Lord, convict your spirit today, and you know that some of the things that you've done, and you know that some of the ways that you've treated the people that have come in hurting was not right. It's okay to repent and to confess and to tell the Lord that you are sorry for how you acted. Maybe you were in the indignant crowd. Maybe you was a rejoicer. Keep rejoicing. Hallelujah. Maybe you was a woman that was bent. Hallelujah. Know that you don't have to be bent no more, that you're in Hallelujah can be healed. You can be loose from your situation even right now. So I declare and decree to whatever person that will listen to this broadcast, whether it's now or later, that you would stand up. Hallelujah. That you will be loose from your infirmities, that you would know that the Lord came specifically for you to let you know that it is over. Hallelujah. 
that it is over, that you are healed. Hallelujah. That you don't have to be torn down anymore, that you doesn't have, you don't have to be bent down anymore, that by his stripes, we are healed in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for tuning in as we pray out God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this hour. Hallelujah. You're so amazing. You're so mighty. You are so awesome. Oh God. And yes, you deserve all the praise, the glory, and the honor, Lord God. And we are part of the rejoicing crowd that was in that sanctuary, Lord God, that rejoiced after you did your healing, that rejoiced after you spoke the scriptures, that rejoiced after you stood up for her and put people in their place. Hallelujah, Lord God. And we rejoice with you, Lord God, for not just with you, Lord God, but for what you have done. Do it again, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Oh, Lord. My hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. My hallelujah. Say it, y'all. Come on, y'all got it. Come on, say my hallelujah. From the bottom of your heart, lift your voice. My hallelujah. My hallelujah Lord, my hallelujah. Yeah. Then we simply say, You deserve it. Real simple, say it, church. Everything I owe you, Lord, it belongs to you. Y'all got it now? Come on, say it. All of the glory belongs belong to you. All of the glory belongs to you. Everybody, lift your hands right here and say,
our hands together one time. My hallelujah belongs to you. Everybody, come on in concert and say it. My hallelujah belongs to you. 